0: Welcome back to Nausea Street. So it's me, Olnut again, and this is the third episode of Nausea Street. This is one that I'm pretty excited for um, because we have an interview with Circuit Desireux, and on the second hour, around the end of the show, we're going to have a uh, little chat with Gamma Girl. Um, Haley Ford, Circuit Desireux, is a singer-songwriter based in Chicago. Um, she's been performing at Secret Desire for about 15 years, and her music to me has meant a lot over the years as, to me, it's the perfect description of a solo artist growing up and becoming a full-on producer, a full-on just creator in a way, and, um, it's something that I really aspire to be myself, and, um, I feel really privileged to be able to host, her on here, so uh, I'm pretty excited for this one. And Gamma Girl is a, is a lo-fi, uh, emo, um, noise rock musician from uh, Liverpool. Um, she is someone who's pretty... Uh, I've, I've stumbled upon her plenty of times on, inter- on the internet, and um, after talking to her, I thought, yeah, wh- why not? I'll just have her on the show. And um, she's pretty cool and has some pretty cool noisy jams and I wanted to have her on for some independent musician representation. <laughs> and hey, if you're an independent musician um, and would you would like to be on this show, please do let me know. Uh, you can contact me from my Instagram and my other social media or whatever. So yes, without further ado, here is my interview with Circuit Desio. Welcome back to Nausea Street. I'd like to welcome my guest. She's someone I've been following the musical journey of through the years and recently released one of my favorite albums of the year, Haley Four Secret Desire. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: How has your day been?
1: It's been good, quiet. Uh, it's 11 a.m. here, so um, yeah. pretty. It's like a rainy day, cold, rainy day.
0: Nice. Is that your weather of choice or...?
1: Uh. Maybe not of choice, but I've learned to love it, you know, that like interim between fall and winter, you kind of have to like, enjoy the grass while it's still here and that, those kinds of things.
0: Yeah, the earthy tones and everything.
1: <laughs> for sure.
0: Um, first of all, I'd like to tell you that I think EO is one of my favorite albums of the year. Congratulations. Um, Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How has the reception been for it so far?
1: Um. I think it's pretty mixed um, which is interesting to me it's not unexpected I'm feeling good about it feeling proud a lot of people have stepped forward and expressed like that they've been moved by my music and that's all I can ask for you know
0: yeah for sure Um, mixed interesting Um, from from in my circle everyone seems to be really really happy and enthusiastic about the album
1: (laughs) well I guess just on like a critical like numbers game vibe that's something I've never been privy to but uh yeah I switched labels and um the stakes are higher and I guess I just for whatever reason like the numbers are in my mind more this album and I'm I think my music's always been a little a little bit of a like a I don't know a line crossed for some like it's it's intense it's not for everyone but everyone always has a really um, big response to it either in a positive way or in a very like critical way
0: <laughs> yeah I think that's a I think that's actually a, a really good thing to possess in your music just no matter what people will have a like a major reaction to it you know
1: totally yeah I very
0: mean, strong and uh, occasionally very dark music you know
1: I appreciate that yeah I think it's it's definitely worthwhile you know
0: yeah for sure um first of all I want to ask you about the cover um the listeners can look it up everywhere but I I like to say I really like the cover um it's you wearing a beautiful um orangey garment in a free fall I remember when you posted on social media a few taking different takes a you falling um mm-hmm. How was that for you?
1: It was, it was, it was scary. Um, you know, I prepared for it and I was sore and I really pushed my body to the limit. Um, I thought it would get easier with each fall, but in fact, it became harder. And that was interesting to me um, But it also went really swimmingly. Like, I was so happy with what we achieved with that. I actually had created this little doll of myself about eight months prior, and I sort of was just (laughs) throwing it off of, like, various objects in the house and being (laughs) like, I should like dress up like this doll, and I should fucking fall. Sorry, excuse me. I don't know. (laughs) No, go for it. (laughs) Okay, okay, cool. Um, But yeah, I was like, I should just fall. And to watch it transform from this like really it looks like a kindergartner made a doll out of paper into Mm -hmm. a full album cover is yeah a moment of pride for sure (laughs) did
0: you have to um prepare for it like get training or whatever before you
1: oh yeah i mean i was thinking yeah i was thinking more like backyard wrestling like let's just do it but (laughs) i was paired up with a stunt person and i trained and that in itself was really um, uh, gave me some humility, I guess you could say. I was training with children between the ages of six and 13.
0: <laughs> really? That's that's interesting. <laughs>
1: yes, they were all extras on this show, uh, Chicago Fire. And okay. they were going to like fall out of a burning window in the TV show. So it was like me, a grown woman, and just like, surrounded by these children that were doing backflips and free falls and it was really funny
0: <laughs> must have been an interesting experience for sure uh how many takes did that take for the cover
1: i think i did around 60 and 60 stun- yeah and the, the stunt folk told me they said they only do 20 falls uh per shoot because it actually does affect your internal organs at some point i'm so, sure yeah, you have to be careful
0: and you said you were sore after it right for days
1: uh it was worth but, it though i love that i love that like devotion you know yeah. get your body into it
0: yeah with the free fall i'm sure a lot of listeners can make up their own mind on what that means but to you what does it really um mean the album cover and everything
1: well i'm an artist that lives with major depression and i have ptsd and especially during the pandemic um my sort of episodes of disassociation became greater and I felt so isolated um, and I really wanted to sort of excavate the feeling of falling, which is something that I feel when I am dissociating, something that I feel when I'm in a major depression and all alone. And I thought maybe if I lived it out, I would come to some sort of conclusion
0: I see, and the color. Um, you've always well, I think you've always like, um, been wearing a lot of orange and earthy tones for the past few years. Was that some? Does the color orange mean anything to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's nothing explicit. It's more just overtones of descriptive words. Um, I became really drawn to color in two thousand and sixteen. And I wore red predominantly for a while. And it sort of just shifted while I was at this residency in January of 2020, right before the pandemic. And it became more of like a burnt orange and just sort of takes over. Now everything in my life is orange and I love it. It's introspective and glowing and inviting and it feels mature.
0: Yeah, Yeah. definitely. All right. Well, um, so speaking about the album, EO, uh, what were the writing sessions for this like? You mentioned the, um, this album was less guitar-driven in terms of writing. How did that come about?
1: Well, I write a lot, but with this album, I was sort of meandering um, a little bit, it felt like, where I wasn't really able to commit myself to large chunks of time like I usually do. And I would just take it step by step. And there is a piano in our living room. Sorry, an organ, but -hmm. it's got keys like a piano. And it's by a window and the sun sort of shines on it. And I remember it being dark winter, very cold and just sort of forcing myself to take a seat at this organ. And slowly over the course of a year and a half these songs sort of came to be
0: interesting um so you've you've also mentioned before that when it comes to songwriting, um you go weeks and weeks without really writing anything, but then you when you get amused, you need to make the best of it um how does it really work for you exactly
1: I'm pretty i mean it's pretty much what you said i I become completely intoxicated by sounds that f- sort of fall into my head, or intoxicated by an emotion that I'm living through, and I become very n- like focused, um, almost like narrow sighted. In which it's hard. It's hard for like my partner to watch me go through that because I'm, I am making something beyond both of us, but I'm also. It can get really extreme where you know um, I'm not like fulfilling other responsibilities like chores or maybe I'm not eating as much as I should and um, it's good that he's there to tether me back to reality just because I don't know I, I don't I don't know how to put it into words it's like a very life affirming like I feel like I'm in some like zone maybe like an Olympic athlete when they're like running the 400 or something you know. <laughs>
0: Um and like, when were these songs written? How much of it was recorded before COVID? Because you, it. I'm not gonna call it like a COVID album and be annoying and all that. But like, um, in a in a moment where every like most artists have almost gone completely dark, it it makes a lot of sense for you to release something that's even darker than your previous stuff. I would say. Um, how, how has COVID affected the recording sessions of this album?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's all definitely in there musically, the darkness. But um, pragmatically, it was really challenging to complete this record because I, I wanted it to be a symphonic album and I wanted to work with people. I really love to spend my money on people before other kinds of resources. And I wanted people in the room and I wanted their spirits sort of like vibing together and with quarantining and COVID, we could only have six people in the studio at a time. Mm -hmm. So the logistics of getting a, you know, getting like two dozen musicians in and out in 10 days was really challenging and everyone had to bring their a game and they did. And everything was charted to sheet music. So there wasn't really room for interpretation for better or worse. Um, I think it's just what this project called for. So in a lot of ways it feels in hindsight, like, like two things, a like a miracle, but also I have this feeling of like all the hard work's been done and we all worked our whole lives to get to this place where we can just sort of not phone it in but really deliver what it needs to happen.
0: I see. How is it a miracle exactly?
1: I mean, it's a miracle because all it takes is one thing to go wrong. And I That's mean, back true. then it was November 2020, there was no vaccine. Uh every, you know, there's just like all this consent and trust. And you have to trust that this cellist that you've never met before isn't gonna go to a rave the night before or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, yeah something simple like that even.
0: Yeah. Having only um, five people at a time in the studio outside of yourself and writing for all the instruments and working with incredible musicians like Ben Lamar Gay and Cooper Crane, it's like we're seeing a new side of you on this album, a side that portrays you not only as a songwriter, but also as a full-on producer coordinator. What was the experience like for you? And especially knowing that Um, you've always mentioned that you're an introvert what did it take for you to rise up fully to become a complete leader of this of this whole train in a way
1: I mean I think the stakes became so high um, especially from the pandemic like it's so it's almost heartbreaking to me how you know the cataclysmic or the catastrophic is the thing that will embolden a person and you know give them that strength that they didn't know that they had I wish I wish it could be a softer transition you know but it's like it's almost like seeing mortality and then bulking up and it's under its eye or something it's like I lost a lot I've lost a lot of people the last year and a half I'm so
0: sorry to hear that
1: thank you thank you and I know I'm not alone in that but you
0: definitely are not
1: you know yeah it's just when that when you're kind of in that moment and then you're able to move from it I just want to take the biggest step away that I could and uh I yeah I surprised myself I, it was hard for me to to speak uh to so many people and to be so organized because I am a messy creator and I'm really interested in chaos but in this instance it was like there was so much chaos in the world we had to really rein it in
0: <laughs> hmm. my favorite song in the album possibly is Stranger could you tell the listeners what that song's about
1: Stranger is a song I wrote in 2014 and it's about passing a woman on the street and our eyes met. And it was one of these electric kind of eye contact moments. And I was inspired to write the song just based off of that kind of split second.
0: <laughs> hmm. um, what Was this person doing exactly.
1: Well, I was living in a neighborhood that is pretty impoverished, a little dangerous. It was early morning and we were both taking walking opposite directions on the same road and on this road there is a lot of abandoned buildings a lot of AA meetup spots and like a liquor store and there's no food around it's kind of a food desert and I think it looked like she was having a really hard day um and I kind of just I've broken down in public many times. It's part of living in Chicago, I feel like. Um, And so to see someone distraught like that, you just see part of yourself and you want to reach out and you want to hold this stranger in your arms and tell her it's going to be okay. But by the time you think about all of that, like she's already past you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she's a stranger, you know? So life goes on.
0: Yeah, I found that song really beautiful and just listening to the lyrics I was really invested in it
1: oh thank you I'm so glad that you yeah enjoy that one that's a that's that's a soft one for me I really like that one
0: yeah um here's something that's not really to do with the album per se but I, I really wanted to ask you about Fernando Pessoa I heard you mention him on an interview or something or on your Twitter I'm not sure um what can you say about his writing and would you say he was influential to you
1: Absolutely, I had not found Fernanda Pessoa's writing until uh, the pandemic, and he his writing is so inspiring in the way that he carries sadness and suffering in a really uh, forward way, but Definitely. with elegance. You know, it really it was like I can do this, um, and I, I can you can put those kinds of experiences into your art and it doesn't have to be tactless (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. but there is a specific passage too that I read that I would love to read you I have the book here if you don't mind
0: I actually have it like at arm's reach as well personally (laughs) (gasps) oh I love that yeah because it's um right now I'm recording an album and I so sometimes I like to sneak in just really really short just passages into the songs and I've read the book of this quite like three times in the past five years or so. Um, And I've also been to his house, which I really recommend you go once everything is safe. Um, It's almost more like a museum now, but they have two libraries there and it's almost like a community in Portugal where um, a lot of different young writers and artists are able to use it as a nest. And it's just, it's beautiful. Um, I totally recommend you go there someday.
1: That sounds enchanting. I mean, wow. That's so nice to hear. Um, yeah, I'll definitely have to go there. Yeah. Um, yeah, his writing, it just kind of like gave a, a face and a voice to um, a certain type of person, maybe. Like, I just feel like shadow figure all my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, um, and so to hear someone speak, yeah, so forward about it, I really appreciated that. What happens to us either happens to everyone or only to us. In the first instance, it's banal. In the second, it's incomprehensible. By writing what I feel, I can cool this febrile sensibility of mine. What I confess is unimportant because nothing is important. I compose landscapes out of what I feel. I compose carnivals out of sensations. I completely understand women who embroider out of grief or knit because life exists. My old aunt used to play solitaire during the course of infinite family gatherings. These confessions of feelings are my solitaires. And I don't read them the way people read cards to know the future. I don't put a stethoscope to them because in solitaire, the cards really don't have any value. I unruv- unravel like a multicolored skin or I make y- figures of yarn out of myself that are like the ones braided by tense hands and pass from one child to another. I just take care that my thumb doesn't miss, making the final knot. Later, I turn my hand over and the image changes and I start over. Beautiful. Uh, I know, right?
0: Thanks a lot for reading us that bit. (laughs) Absolutely. But yeah, are there any other authors or poets that were really influential on you?
1: Um, Pima Shodron is a Buddhist uh, leaning teacher and writer. And her book, "Loving Awaking Kindness," was really uh medicinal for me and've and I've read a lot of her books since then. Um, and they're really easy to read. They're really good morning reads, and they help me specifically with uh, depression. like they really help help me muster the energy so should check her out
0: (laughs) nice i think she might be on my list of stuff to read i'll look into it
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. also ann carson are you an ann carson fan
0: i have not looked into carson yet
1: you know she's a little cumbersome for some people but i love like uh this book red doc that she released it's very avant-garde but um it's worth it's worth a read I, i recommend it
0: I'll look into it for sure. So um back to music, I guess. <laughs> Since you <laughs> finished the album, have you started thinking about a follow-up or just any other new music you might be recording down the line?
1: It's all very fragmented in my mind, but I do I, I am feeling a fervor and I'm feeling really inspired and I feel healthier than I have in a long time. And I that's I would great like to hear. To Thank you. I would really love to make an album from like when my mind's in light, you know, from that point of view. And I and I know I need to do it under a big sky, so I'm kind of like searching <laughs> rental properties mm. for like a house that I can invite all my favorite people to, and we can sort of captain heart it, but be nice about it. Like everyone will eat lavish meals and <laughs> you know have great conversation and make music.
0: <laughs> that would be beautiful and why not? I'll get to this question earlier. Um, when I look at your discography, I see a clear story of personal growth from your four-track lo-fi recordings into the orchestrated beauty that EO is. To me, it's a, it's a beautiful line of releases. Um, and um, where do you think you can go from here?
1: I mean, just that statement that you said means so much to me because yeah you know the trajectory is behind me it feels like and the fact that it um, signifies or like communicates growth to you makes my heart swell <laughs> <laughs> and from here I did a lot of work on myself and I'd like to keep that up and kind of a, maybe I've used the word soft a lot in this conversation and then it's uh because i'm kind of investigating softness and i'm trying to in all ways maybe in music too you know like create something that's deep but maybe soft (laughs) (laughs) whatever that means (laughs) Mm.
0: and um what would you say is the biggest change you've gone through during these years and everything
1: (sighs) that's a hard question because it's changed so much Um, you know, I would like to say financially, I'm in a better place and it's taken me a long time to get here, but, um, I do think that is a big factor when making art, like you need resources and you need to either work hard and save up or find patrons that can help you fulfill your dreams. I've also been in like intense talk therapy, and um, I kind of like fell in love with myself for the first time. This last June, I was quarantining in Sydney, Australia for two weeks, and I couldn't leave the room. And something happened there, and it was really quiet and gorgeous. It wasn't narcissism. It was like, oh, this is okay. Like, you're doing good. Like, you're great. That kind of love, and that's so new to me and it feels like a huge seismic shift inside of me so I'm trying to take care of that
0: (laughs) that's great to hear so you're you'd say you're in a bigger piece with yourself than before
1: absolutely because you know the older you get the more you realize like this world is chaos and you cannot control most of it so um at some point, maybe <laughs> maybe I just got tired from it all, like maybe life beats you down where you're like, all right fine, fine it's I'm great, I get it like I'm doing okay, I'm doing the best I can do um but it's also a gorgeous feeling of release, peace certainly
0: i see i'm twenty four so I'm still in that um I'm still in the line of um not accepting the whole chaos and everything. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's so, such a good time in life, though, you know, be aggressive and be, uh, uh, what's the word? Ambitious, you know?
0: Yeah, ambition is a word that gets thrown around a lot. Um, you've mentioned before that you've had a problem of ageism um, as a musician beforehand. And as someone currently struggling with it, um, how did you combat ageism exactly?
1: Well, I think there's a lot more opportunity for you than it was for me. I still firmly believe that I had some of my best ideas when I was young, when I was, you know, in my young teens, early twenties, and I've had ideas stolen from me. I've um, not, I just had was not supported, I guess, for hmm. a long time in my immediate surrounding in that way. And, um, and it was ageism. Absolutely. And I, and I think that in today's climate, especially politically, people are turning toward your generation with more respect than we might have in previous situations. Um, I think I think that there are avenues and there are brimming minds that are looking for people like you, you know. And I don't know. there's some weird like it's almost like hazing. it feels like certain industries where it's like you might be great and you might be good but you haven't been through what i've been through yet so i'm not gonna give you the respect or the time of day
2: there's all these hoops
1: you've got to jump through um and of course of course there's ageism on the other end of like you know watching my grandmother pass away in a nurse or assisted living facility it was like people would talk like yell at her even though her hearing was fine but you know it's one of those like how are you doing today these like weird <laughs> yeah, alienating I've, <laughs> I've
0: gone through the same thing in the past year i'm afraid um i know oh, exactly what you mean. yeah that's good um yeah. but yeah I'm, I'm still healing from that personally <laughs> um
1: yeah that's a huge loss i'm so sorry and i firmly believe that especially grandmothers and people toward like the end of that spectrum of being here, they have so much knowledge. They have so exactly. much knowledge and no one gives them the time of day. It's just yeah, tragic.
0: It really is tragic. Um, and what do you think of the, the whole music industry currently, what it's like as a, as a, as a quote unquote, young artist, I've been having a lot of pr- tr- uh, trouble with, the whole independent quote where um everything almost in a way feels really industrialized um especially now compared to as in like 10 years ago when i was first getting into listening to um music seriously i guess um what would you say like how do you think the music industry has changed over the past um well 15 or so years as you've been making music
1: well, I can only speak from my experience. And I do think that everyone's experience in the industry is different. And that, sure. can, and that can be like almost like a mirage, you know, where you see someone and you're like, I want what they have. So I'll get their booking agent or I'll get signed to their label or try this or that. And even if you do get all those ingredients, it doesn't guarantee that your trajectory is going to be even remotely the same Um, and I agree it has become an over industrialized where I think especially um, the last couple years there are there are roles being made and walls being built to siphon money from artists and to keep the direct contact from fan to artist um, at bay or have sort of like A paywall and it isn't fair and it is not conducive to anyone that isn't a pop star you know yeah um even yeah it's tough however i do think aside from the terrible payout that spotify has um streaming is kind of incredible and a great way to reach people and i know you don't need many resources to put something up on there which is nice Um, because when I was younger it was I guess it was the dawn of my space so maybe it was a little bit like Spotify beta or something (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah it's tough (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and um, yeah and another thing I'd like to mention is about the whole industry is it feels like almost as you mentioned it's getting harder for musicians to communicate with fans that it almost breaks the sincerity aspect out of music um Ooh. to me at least um mm-hmm. and, and I've heard this from many other people um how exactly um does an artist keep that sincerity aspect do you think and is it is sincerity something you look for in your music because I definitely sense it in yours personally
1: oh well thank you yeah I mean I think a lot of it has to do with, like, don't look outward too much. Um, And I'm sure you've got something really special. And part of honoring that and getting through all the mediocrity in the world is holding on to that. Because it will take you far and it will get you through the, the whole rigmarole of, like, everything else that's out there because there are a lot of industry plants, there are some people who are trying to just make money and they're just in the wrong industry, you know? It's, music is such an incredible platform for communication and exchanging ideas. And it travels far. It travels farther than paintings do. It probably, it might travel farther than books and texts. I'm not sure, but you know, it's potent and, it's an opportunity so my advice would be to live shows as well like each each a bit of a bit, each like message you're able to send you should make it the most sincere the most enwrapped with feeling and ideas and once you've done that like the connection will follow
0: yeah um I remember um one of my favorite live moments ever was um I was in New York for a month uh, a couple years back before pandemic and um, I was um, I wasn't really I was just trying out you know seeing what it was like to be in New York and everything you know and quote-unquote living in New York yeah and I and I went to see Low Play and Alan Sparhawk just randomly said and he does not remember saying this on stage which makes it even funnier to me he said um, well um, I don't know if you're living here or if you just came here but Um, I'm sure things will find you. And I'm sure you will find the people here. And to me, it kind of blew me away when he said that. And it's always been something that has been stuck with me, possibly even more than the show. And the show was fantastic. But like, just the little things like that really stick with me personally. (laughs) And I'm sure you have some gems too.
1: That is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially with the internet, you know, it's like, it's important to remember that each username or whatever is a person behind that. And <laughs> yeah,
0: it's um, a lot of people we can access at once as well.
1: Yeah. And just having compassion and like you said, sincerity can go far. Wow. So, but I mean, that's pretty heavy though. That it low. is
0: very heavy.
1: <laughs> that is so cool.
0: Yeah. He's, he's really cool.
1: <laughs> I love their new album. It's Me incredible.
0: Oof, it's so good.
1: Yeah, way to go, Lo. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, speaking of live shows, you've done a lot. You've done the first EO show in New York, correct?
1: We did.
0: Uh, what was that like for you? How did it feel to be performing these new songs for the first time?
1: Oh, it was so triumphant. I mean, just the fact that it like can be done because um, that was great because translating from the studio to a live situation with these string appendages, like for every show in Europe and the show I'm doing next month in Chicago, we've got additional ensemble members where we're meeting them that day and giving them sheet music and doing a quick rehearsal. And it went so swimmingly. I mean, the lighting was off the chain, uh, sounded great, people were there. Um, People were masked up, which I appreciate. That's Um, good. It is different. It is weird. You know, it isn't like super, super comfortable yet. But um, I guess I'm just in a position to be part of that bridge before we all can like really relax again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So you mentioned Europe. Are you planning a European tour yet?
1: Yes, I'm playing like a dream tour in Europe in April and I'm playing... Like the Pompidou Center in Paris and uh, the Barbican in London um, and about eight other dates at these uh, really just really well curated gorgeous places and they're all with string ensembles so I'm really looking forward to that.
0: That's beautiful and you have to uh, did you say that you were contacting these ensembles beforehand and giving them the sheet music so you're sort of meeting them on tour is that correct
1: yeah so there's like some cultural mingling happening which i also find um, i don't know i enjoy that like <laughs> some pa- parisians mixed with some chicagoans and uh some yeah beautiful mixing of folks from all over the world making music
0: this is the part of the interview where i ask if you have any music or literature well you've already recommended literature or cinema recommendations you'd like to share with us
1: um, yeah, I have been reading Andre Tarkovsky's um, Sculpting in Time. It's very good, very inspiring. And a film I would recommend is um, The Taste of Cherry. Uh, have you seen this?
0: It's on my list.
1: <laughs> it is so good. Um, I'm trying to see who the director was really quick. Directed by Abbas Kiarostami. Kiarostami. That's new to me. Um, but the taste, yeah, taste of cherry, will blow your mind. Watch. I
0: think it. it's on movie as well. I should look into that.
1: Yeah, it's definitely on Criterion Collection too. Um, nice. If anyone has that login password, share it. I know. It. <laughs> I know. My. F- <laughs> uh,
0: we have a like a really small uh, sort of film. Um, friend group called uh, movie dogs I guess I'll just shout them out here randomly
1: (laughs) yeah movie dogs that's cute (laughs) let's go taste of cherry movie dogs
0: (laughs) Um, right. well um, do you have any valuable advice for musicians and artists who may be listening
1: advice Um, (laughs) my advice is to follow your gut and like, like I said, every path is unique. And so yours is going to be special no matter what you do. So just keep on keeping on.
0: Sweet. Where can people find you and support you?
1: I have a website circuit I also have a Patreon, um, yes. Patreon slash circuit is you. And that's been really fun. I've been, we talked about books last week on there and I've been releasing some like live recordings and things of that nature. So.
0: Good Come content. On by.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll link it on the uh, on the streaming services and whatever as well. So check them out.
1: Okay, well thank you. This has been a pleasure. I hope you enjoy your day.
0: Oh, you too. Thanks a lot for coming by. It means a lot.
1: Take care.
3: From afar A child in the stream Waiting in the tears of every Convict on the street I saw figures forming around you And I'm worried that they'll kill Your glowing skin, unknowing eyes What hasn't happened to you yet You're surrounded by the that ended me When I was seventeen They'll say your trial's going public to choose one which From the dream You had tucked inside Your untouched heart Before you were even seen You'll speak your truth out loud Not knowing what it means And then they'll steal your intuition And call it state property You're surrounded by the same When I was 17 You'll keep far before you're turned around you knot and you've forgotten who you are each sings an oracle song before forgetting who we are you'll keep
0: Vanishing by Circuit desieu, an Oracle song by Circuit desieu off the new album EO. Um, one of my favorite albums of the year, easily. Um it's it's absolutely beautiful and I recommend you listen to it in its entirety. It's it's a lovely album. So yeah. Um I hope your month of November is looking good. Uh I've been doing pretty good. I've been pretty creative this month. I've been working on the album as as always, but I have actually something to announce. I'm playing a show in about a month on the 17th of December at Karga, and if you're local, um, I highly recommend that you show up to this one, because it's going to be something special. Um, there's not much I can really say about it as of now, but if you can come by, uh, make sure to do so, because it's going to be, like I said, something really special. Oh, well, back to the music. Welcome back to Nausea Street. We just listened to Anemometer from Bitchin' Badges and the Natural Information Society and Off The Living from Mattress. I'm not going to um, break up the tempo and continue on with some more luscious music. Welcome back to Nausea Street. We just listened to Les Mémoires from Mihai Edriș, Another Day from This Mortal Coil, and Faking the Books by Lali Puna. Um, I'd like to talk about something real quickly. Um, from the past couple shows, um, someone was telling me about how I've been playing a lot of sad music. Um and they asked me it was just someone i don't really personally know they just dm'd me on instagram and they just wanted to know like from my own music and from um from what i usually play and from what I, on my spotify playlists on my artist page and stuff they asked me hey are you like always looking for sad music and i told them uh, no i just really appreciate the sen- uh the sincerity in these songs and i feel like Um, they're aimed towards me, you know, if there's a lot of types of music where it can work as when you listen to it, as in, when you listen to it, it will feel like it's directed to you when it's clearly not. Um, that type of music is the stuff that really hits me hard personally. Um, but I'm not going out there Googling sad music or I'm not going out there, um, promoting, you know, sadness, or anything like that. I'm just out here looking for luscious, beautiful music that I can relate to and that I can fe- I can see myself in. I can see myself or these people feeling these feelings and making these songs, which is why this stuff really works well for me. Um, I just wanted to say that because I've been seeing a lot of artists and not even artists, a lot of just regular ass people promoting sadness as if it's a fashion statement or something. To these people, I like to recommend that they step up their fashion game a bit and they stop lying to people. They stop lying to their listeners. They stop lying to their audience. They stop lying to their friends and just project themselves the way they are. And if you want to look cool, I don't know, go play sports or something. I don't care. On with some more music. We just listened to Sargasso Sea by Taiko Onuki, Superstar by Beach Boys after new EP Once Twice Melody. It's lovely, and Christina Stem with Now That You're Leaving off her album Dynamite, which is an album I've been obsessed with for the, like the past three months or so. I think it's, I think it's singer songwriter music that's, um. Combined with some experimentation Some much needed experimentation And it's something that should be More well known, for sure (laughs) Uh, So from here on out I'm going to try to play some more joyous music And project some happiness And some joy And some, uh, I don't know Just some more happy sounds for you guys So, hope you enjoy
2: Oh, pony, reviens Hey, 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 pony Oh, reviens chez moi Hey, 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 pony J'ai besoin de toi, hey, hey, pony, hey, pony, ah ha, ha, hey, 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 pony, oh, reviens chez moi, hey, 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 pony, j'ai besoin de toi, hey, hey, pony, hey, pony, ah ha, ha, je revois ton beau visage, je revois ses yeux, Comme un lion en carageux, je deviens furieux. Hey, hey Bonnie. Hey Pony. Hey. Ah, hey, ah. hey, hey Pony. Oh, reviens chez moi. Hey, hey, hey Bonnie. J'ai besoin de toi. Hey, hey Pony. Hey Pony. Hey. Ah, ah. Mais c'est lui que ma fête. C'est aujourd'hui, hey avec des cigarettes, chéri, euh, chérie te voici. Hey, hey pony, hey pony, hey, uh-huh. tu es là, je t'adore. Abrasse-moi, oh, abrasse-moi encore, je n'aime que toi. Hey, hey pony. Hey Pony. Hey. Uh-huh.
0: See there you go. Uh, A string of very happy songs right there. So we listened to Hey Pony by Le Bloson Noir, which is like a French uh, lo-fi garage rock band from like the really from like pretty much early 60s. I think they're like pre-Velvet Underground. I think they're really interesting. Um, You and Me from Penny and the Quarters and Bad Girl from Lee Moses. Now, next up we're going to talk to Gamma Girl a bit about her music and everything and let's see what's up with her and then we're going to listen to a few more songs and just close the show thanks for listening all right welcome back to nausea street with me i have gamma girl i found out about her from somewhere i have no idea and somehow she's popped up in here and i'm glad to have her here what's up uh not a lot not a lot of some year um not much just uh just slept Pretty much through the whole day and my friend bought an omnicord
4: <laughs> oh, yes i um um i, I just got an ad what they me about tell me about the omnicord i just got an ad on instagram for this like uh synth that i've been like, ha- like i had like had my eye on for a while it's like handmade and shit, and nice. like if on etsy and i was like okay and i think i'm just gonna pull the trigger on that after like the thing because oh my god after the omni like talk of like the fucking omnicon, I'm like, fuck, I need stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, gear, money, gear. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Noisy things.
0: But yeah, uh, yeah, would you like to introduce yourself for the people listening?
4: Yeah, sure. So um hi, my name's Gamma Girl. Uh I make um I guess I guess emo songs um in my bedroom slash a shed slash someone's basement, slash wherever I can, you know, get my hem- grubby little hands-on to record. Um, I just put out a, well, say, just put out, as we're recording this, this is the one month um, anniversary of Hockey Mask, so that's cool.
5: Awesome, oh, um, congrats.
4: Yeah, I just put out a new Signal, Signal, single called Hockey signal. Mask. Nice. Um, it's pretty fucking sick, Um not gonna lie, and yeah. that, that's me.
0: All right, sweet. Um, and this thing, uh, I was going to say signal because of you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this single hockey mask. Is it leading up to anything in the future?
1: Oh
4: yeah, for sure. Um, next year, very early next year. Keep your eyes and ears fucking peeled. Um, I've been working on this. I've been working on my second album for like two years. No, like, like, no, like a year and a year and a bit.
0: Okay. A year and Um, a bit
4: you're in a bit yeah and i'm really fucking proud of how it's turned out i, I genuinely think it's like one of the great the best things i've ever created Sweet. um yeah the cult of flesh and blood baby i can't fucking wait
0: <laughs> so your last full project how to like yourself um uh, came out last year or so right yeah that um, was
4: last september
0: yeah was that your first release as a musician
4: uh god uh, when I was like, I, I had I've had a few before then, like um, under different projects. Like my first ever thing I ever put out um, was a band that I was in when I was twelve years old. Awesome. Um As a Christmas as a Christmas present, I'm, like pa- parents of like everyone in the band like bought us some studio time, and we went in and like made an EP, and I won't tell you what it's called. But it's it's out there. It exists. It's still on Spotify.
0: Ooh, okay. (laughs) That's that's good enough. That's a that's a good hint, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Um. (laughs) What was it like? The music. Dad rock. Dad rock. Oh yeah.
4: Yeah. The parents are like kind of you know like living vicariously through their kids who started a band. You know.
0: Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah do your parents still bring that up to you? Like, hey, um, you want to do, you want to continue this project or whatever? Or is it just something that we want to do (laughs) on? (laughs) Oh, yeah,
4: The the guitarist is in like a cover band now and like, I just like see him playing around sometimes and he's in the cover band with his dad. And so like, sometimes I just, I just just see him around and he's like, you know, if you ever want to get the band back together. And I'm like, I know Simon. And then I run away very fast.
0: Cool damn and now we have you over here sweet
4: yeah and and now i have kind of a girl and i'm world famous and beautiful and it, yep. it's amazing
0: so i found you out through someone or someplace i don't remember i don't really know but um i found i looked up just people talking about you and people have mentioned yeah. a certain thing called diy twitter or something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not like that yeah i'm really new to twitter honestly i have no idea how people talk on there how people communicate on there i i posted Mm -hmm. the letter h um whoa i think think that was a sick post
4: i'm proud of you honestly that takes a lot
0: it does it does it took a lot of Uh thinking like what should be my first tweet you know yeah that
4: that's that's wow wow h makes you think
0: yeah but um these like social media communities um how can a musician get involved really
4: um. Honestly,
0: just get involved. <laughs> um,
5: there
0: you go. There n- you like, go. like
4: interact with interact with people that in the, in the scene that you want to be a part of. Chances are you'll find your you'll find your own little place in it. Uh, you know, like there's that whole um. There's a this artist called Stomach Book who I fucking adore and probably has my album of the year. Ooh. Um, mm. and they just appeared out of nowhere, um, on Twitter, like. And Bandcamp, like um, your arms are my cocoon, and someone yes. like, yes, every, you, you know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> was just like, uh, hey, here's um, here's this like artist that I've just found on Bandcamp, and I think they're my favorite album of the year, and the instant, like, he tweeted that like they've they've like blown up like huge like they're a huge part of the scene now like that album is like everyone knows it it's yeah it's like a staple um, pretty much yeah for sure it's it's fucking amazing um so yeah just interact with people talk to people um be part of the community make friends have fun show your stuff be creative that's my advice
0: yeah the world is your oyster whatever yeah
4: exactly the world is your oyster and like you can do something with an oyster that is good I see <laughs> yeah
0: um I'd like to ask you about your writing process because you've mentioned right. that you live in a shed slash studio slash bedroom slash whatever uh how mm-hmm. does how does a musician like you approach um recording music
4: um a lot of the times it comes from it, it starts off with um like you know being in bed at like 3 a.m and staring at the ceiling and being like, "Fuck!" I just got a huge wave of inspiration for literally no reason. Picking up my guitar and just trying out different shapes. I I'm like, uh, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I'm technically not the best musician in the world. Um, but I I, fi- I figure out chords through shapes, um, and then like I like look them up afterwards, and it's like, oh yeah, this is like an E, this is like an E major seventh fourth with an extended nine, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um and then, you know, lay down the guitars, pl- like plug into my amp, put my little um SM57 clone up to oh, the cab. Yeah. Um just hit record. Usually it's like like the third take and I'm like, "Wow, yeah, that's good enough, I guess." And then go from there. And then it's usually bass. Um And then drums and then you know some synths and then probably vocals and lyrics
0: yeah there you go the thing with Mm -hmm. um all the diy twitter or whatever or i'll just say the diy internet just keep it short whatever um so when i first got started in music i had a little friend group called uh bwg shout out to those people if they're listening right cool um and some of them are actually like in diy twitter internet right now but um but what would happen was um it was just like eight or eight or nine of us and we we just do stuff together and whatever and we we still talk to each other and we still do um compilations each year but That's I feel cool. like I feel like DIY internet whatever is bringing in, indie music back into indie music if you put that oh, in Oh 100%. It's um was your agree?
4: It's, it's it's yeah, 100%. It's it's a amazing gateway for young young musicians um people who you know never really had a taste of the limelight before because um, they're just literally kids um creating it like stuff that would usually just be for them and and they get to share it with like possibly the entire world it's it is fucking amazing and with that entire community um it's it's genuinely so uplifting everyone helps each other out everyone someone releases something everyone's talking about it because everyone wants to see it do well it is it's 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 an amazing amazing thing i i don't think that i i don't know i definitely wouldn't, wouldn't be where i am without the internet i guess i wouldn't be the same person
0: yeah um i on the first episode of this podcast i somehow got nick Reinhardt on and he mentioned oh, shit yeah well, sick <laughs> but um he mentioned that back when he first started Terramellos, that's how a lot of bands just started out. They just played gigs and everything. But somehow, um maybe around like the early 2010s or something, um the the way bands and musicians got somewhere was sort of um changed into something else. Yeah. And with with DIY internet, I kind of see it getting back just kind of getting back on the ground something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's great seeing musicians like you and like um uh like your arms on my cocoon and just releasing stuff and somehow it it creates a community around them. That's completely not artificial or forced or put together by I don't know some old guy in a suit, you know. So it feels really yeah, good to have musicians like you. Um it really does matter just um putting your voice out there and everything you've released hockey mask which yeah you know, uh, and you've released van helsing killed kids uh there's an obvious sort of uh horror sort of aspect to your music would you like to talk about that
4: yeah so i want it's kind of been my entire approach for my second album is looking at l- looking at trauma looking at um you know body image through the lens of like horror and tropes because I think it's something that's universally understood is like you, you, you hear about something, you see something, you see some like imagery, you instantly go, okay, that's horror. And I think that's some, you can say a lot with that. Um, I mean, talk about like, you know, the monstrous, the monstrous feminine talk about, um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like horror is like one of the most empathetic and interesting genres to talk about things like trauma through um so like a few examples that i've been you know using like um there's this hockey mask which like you know there's it's trauma like a serial killer like it's always in the corner of your eye and you'll try and ignore it but it's always this kind of like feeling down and of your stomach until one day you've ignored it too long and it's got you um or like um Blah blah blah. Trying to think of another example. Yeah, that that's basically yeah. Okay, that's basically you know the the idea of the whole album. everything is kind of it, it, Even if it isn't like as explicit as Hockey Mask, which I think is like you know pretty fucking explicit. Yeah, it's <laughs> out there. <laughs> um, it's it's spooky in one way or another because I don't know. I think it's a really 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 interesting um way of talking about things and also. Um, the sounds that you kind of associate with horror are really fun to play. So.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely, just weird. Yeah, hundred percent. Spooky, spooky sounds, spooky
4: chords, and dissonance. <laughs> I like that.
0: Um. um so you, yeah,
4: that's, that's
0: me. You've been walking around as Mike Myers. What's, who, what's, which one's your favorite Halloween film?
4: <laughs> uh the first one. Um, the first one. Good. Also, All right. But also, I adore too. Um, I don't care what I like
0: I... Th- I really like 3. It's it's so out there.
4: Me too. I love season of the witch. Yes. Um it's so good. I also I love I love 18. Um I liked kills like I have not I, seen both like, of those yet. Hot take. Hot take. Um 18 is like really fucking good. It's about like generational trauma. Okay. Um and it it's really really fucking good. It's about like the power it's like I don't know. Oh, overcoming generational trauma and like violence against women and then halloween, halloween kills the new new one doesn't really have any strong major theming it's just a goofy ass horror movie <laughs> but it's really fun so i'll defend it
0: yeah now that you mention it, halloween does have a sort of uh leaning towards females in a way
4: yeah it's it's why it's why i really fucking love it it's i don't know i i feel like it is it is um, it's in a strange way directed at women. It's it's like the horror of kind of the the weird creepy guy who keeps giving you weird looks on the train, who could just you know do something out of the blue for no reason to, yeah. other than that
0: you're a woman. How did it's... it feel like being that person?
4: <laughs> uh, it was really fun <laughs> for for Halloween. It was well, yeah, really fun. Of
0: course. Yeah,
4: um, like. You know, I was, I was going around in character, um, and like, you know, people would like, you know, turn and look at me, and I'd stop getting in my tracks. And I'd, I'd just look at them, and then they'd like freak out, and then like carry on walking, and then they'd keep on look, like looking back to see if I'm still looking, and I'm still looking. And so, like, maybe like one time when they look back, and then I'll start walking after them, and then they scream and run away and start laughing and stuff. And very fun. I also went to go and see the new Halloween movie as Michael Myers, and people kept taking my picture halfway through the movie. And like after the movie ended, you know, like the uh the the theme starts playing, and I start like getting out. Go- I start like <laughs> walking, standing like up from my ch- yeah. I start standing up from my chair. Um, the lights are still off, and everyone's still sitting down. But I stand up from my chair really slowly, and I just look around the theater in <laughs> character. <laughs> <laughs> nice. and, um, everyone was genuinely like freaked out and like having sure. a great time, and it was really fun.
0: Well, sweet um well thanks a lot for coming on uh what do you have yeah, coming on in the future
4: um in the future uh next year check out uh look out for my second album a cult of flesh and blood look out for it be on the lookout keep your eyes and ears peeled um possibly live <laughs> gigs oh my fucking god i hope live
0: gigs hell yeah
4: um i will i will keep you posted internet
0: we should play a show together i'm just saying it on air so i would fucking to.
4: love that i i want <laughs> I want to come to America because that's where like the majority of my audience is. Um like the vast majority of my audience is American, which is crazy. So I don't know, am I just like, you know, stole away on a flight with my jazz master and show up in Florida or like New York or something and just like play Cloud Gazer until all the gamma brats in the world find me.
0: Sweet. Well, where can people find mm-hmm.
4: you? People can find me. That's a uh, Cool gamma girl on Twitter and Instagram. That's cool with a K, because so am I. Um, gamma girl, one word on Bandcamp, Spotify. You know all of the streaming services. Um, you know you can uh, you can check me out as you should. I, I stream hockey mask at least seven times tonight um, before you go to bed, or, or, or um, there will be consequences. Nice. <laughs> um, and. <laughs> well okay. and um we'll knock have, one have of those a, a great... out
0: right after this one so you have to listen to it six times only so yeah <laughs> <Ooh>.
4: um, so <laughs> yeah and have a, have a great day a i'll see you around
0: We just listened to Hockey Mask from Gamma Girl. She's Crushing My Mind from Team Dresh and Escalator Over the Hill from Tallulah. Gosh, thanks a lot for tuning in to another episode of Nausea Street. I'd like to thank my guests and I'd like to thank Gergidana for helping me um, connect with some labels for some of the interviews. And I'd like to thank uh, you for listening. Uh, Take care and have a great November.